And you're on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. Where I'm not sure, hopefully, we are streaming live at all the W's OCRFM.org.au. And of course, with that little bit of Louis Armstrong, it uh, means we are on air. And today we're going to be uh, talking with a couple of people from Alcoholics Anonymous. So I'm going to be putting a track on before we really get stuck into it. But I will say, first of all, welcome, Edwina. How are you? I'm very well. A very full train on the way down today? Yes, the races are on. I didn't know. No, I'm surprised. Sort of, I've, I've ignored ra- horse racing ever since because mum and dad were rabbit. It was shh, there's a race on, and that was a real, a real pain to me anyway. Mm. But yeah, so the Warrnambool race is good on them. Yeah, they're going to have a big couple of days because yeah, if the train chock a block is any indication. I like playing up in the train. It was too busy for me today. Too busy. Look, before we go much further, I'd like to pay respect to and acknowledge the Gulagin people who are the custodians of the land we're on today as well as the Gadabinud who are down the coast. And I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and future. And now I will welcome, well, we've got two guests going to be in here today from AA and Keith is in here already. And you've had a bit of a yarn out the back there, Keith. Yes, good chat. Having a bit of a chat. So I hope we haven't chatted ourselves out, but I told you about this track that I want to play. And it is one that we played previously when we had Alcoholics Anonymous in here and it's with Joe Walsh from the Eagles. Hmm. And it's about, well, it's called One Day at a Time. And that is something we've already talked about with the way people from AA live and whatever else. But you haven't heard this one. And it's a bloke. He's probably one of the most famous fellows who's broken his anonymity, I guess, because he steps out in this chat, uh, introduction chat that I'll put on, where he does sing his song. And it was at the Melbourne concert when the Eagles were here and they called it their... Uh, farewell tour, I think it was. How so, long ago? I think it was. Tw- well, uh, I, f- I think it was first played around 2006. Mm. It was about the time I was broadcast, started broadcasting in in Geelong on the on the, the Pulse. I was doing some broadcasting there mm. on a program called Roads to Recovery. We started there, and it's since uh, come into a, a got into. A bit, well, we won't go we've there. Progressed, and <laughs> we've, we've progressed and we've come to Colac and we're now doing the same sort of thing here. So I actually uh, got the pro- got the the uh, the track some time ago. Uh, yeah, 2006 I think it was, Ed. So mm. we're going to have a listen to it. And so you're going to have a listen to it too, Keith, and we'll see what you think about it after we've had listened to this track. No worries. You are, you're on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast with Edwina and Greg on Community Connect. Then I had to stop. Oh, yeah, and uh, there was. There was rocking and rolling going on in here, and when it was actually getting up and dancing to warm up a little bit, I think, but that was Joe Walsh in one day at a time. And, uh, yeah, we've got some smiles out of Keith who's in here. He's actually reading the, the lyrics to it now because he's got a little bit of problem with deafness, and uh, so... Me yeah, too. Just reading the lyrics, but as soon as as soon as he heard him say he only got drunk once, for you smiled at that. Why was that, Keith? <laughs> yeah, it brings back a lot of memories. <laughs> what yeah. I can remember. What you can remember? He only got once <laughs> drunk once for twenty years. It's quite incredible. Well, he's he's quietly quietly told the world about, it, hasn't he? Um, he? One of the big things I think with alcoholics is the denial aspect of it. Well, he certainly got himself out of denial by telling the world, didn't he? Yeah, I, I think you've you've got to acknowledge that 
you know, uh, that have got a problem. Uh, I ha- was in denial for many years. You know, it was always uh, this, that and the other. I couldn't blame myself. It was always other people that caused me to have a drink um, and all that. And, um, you know, it, it never got any better in time, of course, you know. And denial is a, a good thing. It, it doesn't just work in alcoholism. It works in a lot of other areas too. But now we've got to say, what's that quip though? Denial is what? It's not... Denial is not a river in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay that one. Oh, I, like thought, that. I thought that was quite commonly used and commonly known. First time I've heard that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, oh, mate of mine, Tom Morrison... Uh, rest his soul. He uh, he was the one that introduced me to that comment many years ago. Yep, that's uh, really true. He was AA. Yep. Um, yeah, an old St. Joey's boy. But yeah, so the, it's AA. You you found it now. You found it how many years ago now? I first went to my first meeting in uh, 1978, and I was 23. And um, from that very first meeting, I knew. Um, where the answer was and for me and I only speak for myself it was in um, meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous you know people uh, understood me outside Mm. people uh, outside of AA couldn't understand what I was thinking as soon as I did uh, went to my first meeting I I spoke to people they understood me you know or they'd done a you know I the similarities, you know, as they say, look for the similarities, not the differences, because the differences are only the yets you haven't done yet until you pick up the next drink. And for me, uh, I acknowledged uh, from that very first meeting, and I've never ever got away from Alcoholics and on this since then, And because uh, I know that there's only two ways you can be, drunk or sober. Um, you know, even in my teens, I worked in the building industry for many years and uh, caused a little bit of trouble in there with my uh, drinking on the sites and all that, which you couldn't do now because of the Occupation Health and Safety Act. Mm. And all that. By rights, you shouldn't have been doing it back then, are you, Keith? <laughs> back in the 70s, we always had a slab in the fridge or, you know, a slab in the car or, or whatever, you know. It was a norm. You know, the building industry was born on booze, you know. And, uh, and it wasn't until many years later that, um, you know, it, uh, once the o- Occupation Health and Safety Act came in in 85, you know, the uh, that the industry started cleaning up and you couldn't drink on site and you couldn't drink this, that and the other, you know. But if I could have one drink, I, I'd probably still be drinking. But once I picked up my first drink, I couldn't guarantee my behaviour. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I don't know... I, I'd either end up in trouble with, with the family or I'd end up in trouble with the police or, and most importantly, I'd end up with trouble with myself, mm. you know. I'd, I'd black out and a blackout is where you uh, can't remember a certain amount of time, whether it might be an hour or a day or whatever. And at the later stages of my drinking, the blackouts were really bad and I might miss a day or two at a time and I couldn't, I, I, wouldn't, I would function normally um, in that time, but I wouldn't remember what I'd done or what I'd, uh, where I'd been. Yeah, you know, this is a. It's not apocryphal. I've met a bloke in in Geelong who um, he got married for the second time, 
and the woman he married for the second time was the one he'd married the first time, but he doesn't remember being married to her the first time. <laughs> yeah, that's a, and that's a fact. Because when he when he uh, when he finally got sober and he met her again, there was there was that thing that instantly clicked, and he said, "You know, I haven't met you before, haven't I?" Yeah, and she said, "Yeah, we were married for you know three months or something." Before, yeah. that was uh, that's, oh, all that's it amazing. Be. It's amazing, but it's a fact. Yeah, it, it, it's mm. you know it, this uh, this disease of alcoholism is uh, doesn't respect anybody, and mm. it, it doesn't matter what occupation you are or, or what denomination you are or what your belief is. Alcohol will not respect anything. Alcohol will take any shape of any body, any bottle. It won't. It has no feeling for anybody or anything. It's mm. mm. in a couple of points there. One is you're calling it. A, you're saying it's a disease. You, you're not taking it as an addiction at all, Keith. No, no. I, I, uh, back in 1956, the World Health Organization recognised alcoholism as a disease, and from there, it's um, uh, the disease for me. It's it's uh, it's. I don't know how you describe it, but. It's uh, uh, once I have the first drink, I can't stop at one, and that's where the disease comes in. And it's it's not in it, it, alcoholism is in your thinking. It's not your drinking. Mm. And another thing is, if you think you're different, you will drink. And that's what I drank because I thought I was different. Yeah, different to what? Different from normal human beings. Okay. I, so, I, if you're trying to fit in or Trying to feel normal, not some form of no, what you thought was normal. What I thought was normal was mm. abnormal. Yes. And other yes. people thought was abnormal was normal. Yeah. You know, and I went like that for years, you yes. know, and it, yeah. it started at a very early age, mm. you know, and it never, ever got better for me. It only got more worse. And it doesn't matter what you drink or how much you drink, you mm. know. Well, it was said to me when I first got into Alcoholics Anonymous, if alcohol's costing you more than money, you might have a problem. And I knew that I had a problem in, at the age of 17. So what time did you, how early were you when you started? 13. Wow. So there's, well, there's an inherent problem there. How were you getting your alcohol at 13? <laughs> well, I was living in the suburbs and uh, in Melbourne and um, I was drinking in the the Blackburn Hotel at 15. I'd get changed in uh, from my school uniform into my um, civvies and I'd go down and have a drink. Back then, it was not an issue. It was not, you go to the bottle shop and you can get a, you get a bottle or whatever you want to drink at any time. We used to do that through lunchtime and uh, very easy to get alcohol. Sly grogs were always around then. And uh, you get to know where to get it, or you get the adults buying a drink. I'm trying to work out your age. So you're talking about mid to late 60s. You, uh, yeah. yeah, 68, 69, yeah. Yeah, yeah 68, <laughs> 69. It's, it's, it's even now, you, you know. But the, why was there, the, was there peer pressure? There must have been other you know, boys that you were with at the time, was it? Yeah, a lot of peer pressure. It's exactly the, the times haven't changed that much, or the attitudes haven't changed much. It's the peer pressure still there today, mm. you know, in academic wise and achievement wise mm. and all that. Going back when I was drinking, my uh, 
achievement was is I, you know, it was was just to have a drink. I, as soon as I had my first drink, I was gone. Mm. I loved it. I fell in love with booze as soon as I had my first drink. Yeah. Okay, and so how are the other blokes? Did, did you still know to see or hear of or know where the other blokes are that you were with at the time? Uh, yeah, a lot of them ended up dead, um, you know, driving uh, on motorbikes. Uh, a lot of them went into uh, jail because they'd go into a blackout where mm-hmm. they wouldn't remember and they committed a certain crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to go out and uh, into the Pentridge back in the, in the early 80s when I was there and, and visit the prisoners in there. And, uh, and a lot of them are in there because alcohol, because they can't remember what they've done. Mm. Mm. So that you've been near sober eighty uh, since we just say seventy eight. I I drank a few times uh, because I thought I was different. I thought no, yeah. well, I'm too young. What about my social life and all this? And I was all I was was justifying my next drink. That's mm. all I was doing, justifying my next drink. And um, you know, I, I I ended up in a fair bit of trouble. And uh, my last drink was on the 17th of November 1979 up until today. Oh, wow. Way good. Congratulations. Thank you. And yet, you still go to AA. Oh, I need AA now more than I did when mm. I first came into Alcoholics Anonymous because when I come into Alcoholics Anonymous, I had nothing. Mm. Uh, they just, the best way to describe me, I walked into AA with a, as a skeleton with a bit of skin. I had no feeling for anybody or anything mm. and didn't understand very much. Now I've got a life, I've got a family, I can walk down the street a free man now and freedom's a very underrated thing. I can mm. look people in the eyes now, I can feel at ease. I'm at ease with this disease now. I, I don't battle the disease of alcoholism because I am at ease within we're going to have a little break here, Keith and Edwina, um, because well, we had one day at a time is what we talked about with, uh, with Joe Walsh, and uh, this one's a, a Beatles one, and I think you'll, uh, you'll like it. I hope you will. Um, even though I know you like it, what is it, the heavy metal? He's a heavy metal person, Ed. He, he fessed up to that out in the, the foyer there, and I'm... Love I'm, it. I'm still a Rolling Stones man, and we did. We, and, and Keith even knows that what we played last, but a couple of weeks ago, was it called? My Chemical Romance. Romance. He knows yeah. that, which is really head banging, and I think I knocked half the audience out, or half our listeners out with that. But anyway, you're on OCRFM 98.3 here in Colac and 88.7 FM along the coast. We're here with Edwina and Greg on Community Connect. We, we are streaming live at all the WSOCRFM.org.au and it's about 23 minutes past the hour, but I'm going to put this track on of the Beatles. So have a listen to this, and I think it is appropriate. Yeah, well, welcome back to Community Connect. And, of course, that's the Beatles and the long and winding road. It is a little bit ooh, well, sideways, but nevertheless, it is a long and winding road that... Uh, our guest in the studio here, Keith, here who is on community with us with Community Connect on OCR FM ninety eight point three and eighty eight point seven FM along the coast with Edwina and Greg. We would have another guest coming in, Jerry. And if you are listening, Jerry, all is forgiven. You can still arrive. <laughs> She'll you, be you, here. She said she'd be here, so 
Jerry might arrive, but Keith's trucking along really well here. I'm enjoying it, actually. <laughs> You're a good speaker, Keith. Yeah, it. thank you. One thing, with the... You enjoyed the track. What did you think? It's sort of, it is, it's a long morning road, isn't it, for you? And it's for anyone, I suppose. Yes. But you don't have to be an alcoholic to have a long and windy road. No. You can be a a normal human being and still have that long and windy road. So you found out you are a normal human being, aren't you, anyway? After thinking you were abnormal. Well, this is what I would have been like if I hadn't picked up a drink. Yeah. Mm. You know, and um, I'm no different than, you know, I haven't got green skin, you know. <laughs> you know, the thing is, uh, I've, got, I've got the disease of alcoholism until the day I die, and uh, I accept it, you know, and, and I get on with life and live life to the fullest to what I enjoy and what my family enjoy. Right, now, when you, you, you've gone, you had some other events beforehand before you got to go to your first AA meeting, what's it like when you've gone and got to your first AA meeting, what happens to it? What happens to you when you go there? Well, when you go to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, it's, it's both men and women of all different ages and all different uh, nationalities and uh, professions. Yep. And uh, yeah, Sorry, but I've got to, that's another thing, is it's all different professions because people just look at alcoholics and they think it's a bloke in the, on the street with a brown paper bag. No, that maybe many, many years ago, but now there is um, most of, a, a lot of the uh, members of Alcoholics Anonymous are, are professional people, and I've met uh, a lot of different uh, professional people in AA, and uh, as I say, alcohol has, will not discriminate against any person or any profession. It has, as I said before, it doesn't respect anybody, you know. But when you come into Alcoholics Anonymous, it's just um, you don't have to speak or anything. You, you come in and you have a cup of coffee and a bit of a chat. And, and what I what I love about Alcoholics Anonymous is that the people in AA know what I'm going through because they've been there and done that. Yes, yes, very much. They've been there, or different versions of it, maybe not as far as I've gone, maybe further than I've gone. Mm. And and that's, I felt very comfortable at my very first meeting. I I knew I had arrived to my solution Mm. to give up a drink one day at a time. Even though I've still got the disease of alcoholism, Yeah. I can arrest this disease one day at a time. If I don't pick up the first drink, it's not the tenth drink that gets me drunk. It's the first drink that gets me drunk. Mm. Because I was never good at mathematics. I couldn't count past two. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's the first drink that always got me drunk. Mm. So it it isn't an addiction. So we've got, you know, people who we need to get hold of... um, and I still to come in here and talk because there is a difference between Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, but there is still polysubstance abuse within AA people, do you think, or is it most, mostly alcohol? Uh, no, it, it's changed over the years. You know, when I first came in, there was you know, mostly uh, uh, people who drank, you know. Mm. Very, uh, you know, a lot of... Back then it was if people had other problems than alcohol... They were taking the Valium and the Serapax and the Triptanol and, and all the other stuff, you know. But mm. but now it's, um, you know, because back then 
a lot of doctors didn't understand the disease of alcoholism, mm. and they thought, you know, we give him some Valium because he's he's um, a bit depressed or this that and the other. He needs to calm down a bit. But you know, the, the Valium and and uh, and all that, in my opinion, is just to cover up to cover the booze. It's just as mm. bad as the booze mm. because you're not yourself if you're on if you're taking that because. I knew people who were on Valium and they were told to take three a day, but they were taking 10 and 15 because they felt better. Mm. It's a bit like the first drink. Oh, one drink, that really, mm. that's great. I might have another one, I might feel better, you know. Yeah. So it's just a gradual uplift. And so with all that, you've progressed over the years, though, because I understand there's sponsorship or sponsors and that sort of thing in, within it. And it's a peer group. It's, it's all um, self-controlled. But you do sponsor each other and support each other? Yeah. If um, Usually we sponsor people in Alcoholics Anonymous if they want to. It's They don't have to have sponsors if they don't want to. What That's, does that mean? Sponsor? A sponsor is uh, somewhere, someone you can confine in uh, and it stays within the four walls of what you've been, you're talking. You know? oh, so you just have a yarn about... What's going on in your yeah, life? Yeah, what about, you know, uh, how do I cope with this boss? How do I cope with the stinking yeah. thinking of drinking? Yeah. How do I cope? Uh, it, it covers a heap of areas, you know. Mm. And usually the sponsor is sober longer than the person who's come in, of course, mm. and has tr- walked the walk to talk to talk. Yes. You know, and it, the only way you can do that is have a few years of sobriety. So you can, if you're feeling thirsty and think you might have a drink, you ring your sponsor, do you? You ring your sponsor before you pick up a drink. Yes, okay. What was said to me, my sponsor said, (laughs) my sponsor said to me, he said, if you you ever get thirsty, all what you want is in a milk bar. And I thought, what are you talking about? (laughs) And he said, go and have a double thick shake, Mm. right? And he said, if you still feel thirsty, have another one. Oh. And, and I did that, and it took the craving and the alcohol away because I was as bloated as anything, and I was nearly sick, but it, it did work. Oh, you that's know? good. Mm. So, you know, there's other things you don't need to pick up the first drink. You pick up a phone. We've got offices in Melbourne and all that are 24 hours a day, seven days a week now. You can talk to someone, talk to Lifeline. There are a lot of other various organisations, bar mm. alcoholics, you can, Alcoholics Anonymous, you can talk to, you know. Mm. A lot more than when I first come around. That's <laughs> good. You will see, that's part of the, the reason why, now I'm not saying, it, no, it's only part of the reason why now you've got professionals coming to AA and openly going to AA because it is now more accepted because people are now being more honest and talking about these issues, do you think, Keith? Yeah, I, look, I, I think a lot of the negativity's gone out of, of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, he's an alcoholic, keep away from him, you know, he's trouble. And I think uh, Alcoholics Anonymous now has been, it's worldwide. Mm. Uh, it's nearly, I think it's nearly in every country in the world. And, and um, we're very well looked upon as a, we're not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, right? Um for me, uh, I, I, uh, um, I, I've come into AA and um, I knew the answer was there, as I said before. Mm. Oh, no, the, That's good. 
you and part of that the the answer and the way you feel once you've been there and uh, found people of, of the same type or of the ilk you found it to be a bit like a home not a home another family or mate it was like a jigsaw puzzle i fitted in for the first time in my oh, life that's good i knew these pe- these people knew exactly where i was at that time my very first meeting mm. and they you know they my sponsor's been sober well over 50 years now and you know if i have still got a problem you know i don't have to ring up my sponsor every day right but when I don't know the answer and I, and I don't know everything, you know, I ring up my sponsor or uh, I read something about it, you know. And uh, But I like the, the eye-to-eye eye contact, you know. Mm. You can't beat the eye-to-eye eye contact. You know, mm. the phone's good, just that and the other and reading out of books. But I love seeing people's faces and seeing people get well. That's a passion of mine. You know. That's great. Okay, now that's one thing we haven't talked about is you've got the big book and the 12 steps. Yeah. Do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on that, Keith? Well, we we have 12 steps and 12 traditions in Alcoholics Anonymous and we don't accept our, uh, donations through outside organisations. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, which after every meeting we pass a plate around and you contribute whatever you can afford. If you can't afford anything, well, you can't afford any. We, we, we accept that, you know. But um, uh, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is just a reference book. Of, uh, I think it's the first 168 pages of how AA started back in, 19, back in the early 30s through mm. a bloke called Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob. And... Um, and then it's got our, it's got stories in it who uh, are recovering alcoholic because I will never recover from alcoholism because I've got this disease. It's a bit like uh, cancer or whatever. You, mm. you, 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 you go into remission. You don't go into recovery. Okay. You know? yeah. So I'll never recover from this disease of alcoholism. And, and, and this, uh, uh, the big book, uh, it has stories of the first hundred members of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, and their struggles and their belief and uh, all all other aspects of their, of their life. That would be interesting. Mm. And the 12 steps itself, they are progressions from... The 12 steps are, are very personal mm. to each individual. Everybody does it differently, right, in their own way. And uh, uh, as the first step says, um, you know, uh, oh, I forgot. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter, but the, but it is. It's a, progr- a progress from your acceptance, and then through yes, your reconciliation with the, all of the shite you've done throughout your your mm. period of uh, well, drinking. It's like cleansing of the soul. Yeah, mm. right. It's the twelve steps are there to. Uh, uh, to help you to get the the guilt out, the uh, fear out, mm. the remorse out, and it's a stage. There's twelve twelve steps of alcoholics anonymous, and there's no time limit. You know, I'm still doing the steps today, on a daily basis. You know, mm. and uh, you know, I'm, as a first step, I'm, I, I, we met with a power of us, our alcohol, and our life have come unmanageable. Mm. Well, today I'm still powerless over alcohol, but my life is manageable. 
because I don't drink. You're enjoying it more. I love it. Mm. I love it. Mm. Well, he's aware of it. Yes. I've never, <laughs> from my very, very first meeting, I've never lost the enthusiasm of mm. being a sober member of Alcoholics Anonymous. You told me before we came into the studio, though, that the first one you went to, you were feeling not... That you were, yeah, you, how were you feeling when you went to it? My very first... I, I drank with a fellow who... Um, the bloke who served me down to Mitcham Pub at fifth, when I was 15, uh, we did a lot of cricket and football together, and, and um, he took me to my first meeting. He was sober three and a half years when he took me to my first meeting, and he described, you know, I'd look for the similarities, not the differences, and this, that, and the other. And, you know, I, um, I went in there, and I had a lot of... Uh, fear. I, I I didn't really know what to expect. I really All didn't. Those feelings, anxious, anxiety. Yes, yeah. I'd be wanting to back away. Well, well, I, I won't. I well, I won't. I. I was too sick to back away, mm. and, and I really wanted to get off the booze. Mm. You know, because uh, booze was dictating to me what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Oh. And uh, you know, I went in there, and I went through the speakers. The speakers. It's usually an hour and a half meeting. They call different men and women speakers of different types of sobriety and years and all mm. that. And after that meeting, I loved it. And you could not keep me away from Alcoholics Anonymous now. I love it with a passion because it's given me a lot my life back and it's given me a, a life back that I can um, enjoy without having any booze. And do you also sponsor other people? Um, I... I sponsor, yes, I sponsor another person. Um, I I find that if I do too many sponsoring, Mm. um, it's too hard. I like to spend time with the particular person I sponsor, but Mm. I don't mind sponsoring two or three, whatever. It doesn't really worry me, Mm. Uh, you know, because the more I give away, the the better I keep it. I've got to keep away. I've got to give it away to stay sober. What was freely given to me in the Mm. beginning I've got to give it away, you know, and it's not, I, I, you know, I've got a little bit of knowledge, you know, but I'll tell you what, I've got all the experience because I've been there and I've done that. And you've found your own spirituality. Uh, yes, I, mm. it, it's not, uh, my spirituality is, is my belief. Yes. I've got a belief in a power greater than myself. Yeah. Uh, and I respect anybody else's point of view mm. of their higher power or their mm. concept, you know, and. What, what I've come to believe is, you know, everybody's got their opinion. Yes. Whether it's right or wrong, it must it's be right for opinion. them. It's their opinion. Mm. You know, I might disagree with it, but I it's agree. their opinion. It's their opinion. I, yeah. I like that. And I also like the fact that we are all people. We are not our addictions. We are people. Mm, true. We are going to have a break. We're going. To, I'm putting on Wilson Phillips, and they're, a, and they're it's not hard rock. Wilson oh. Phillips are the children of the Beach Boys, oh. and they they've made this track, and it's all about their parents really, who uh, they had to pull their acts together because Dennis Wilson was actually involved with Charles Manson at one stage and helped. Um, they made a record together at one stage, so they, the whole Beach Boys mob they were quite heavily into substances of various kinds and um, yeah, alcohol and other drugs and that's where alcohol is part of it it's a drug 
So they, uh, the Wilson Phillips, it's a, the children of these of the uh, the Beach Boys have written this song and sing it, and we're going to play it um, on OCR FM ninety eight point three and eighty eight point seven FM along the coast on Community Connect, where we've got Keith in here from AA and Edwina McHenry having a bit of a yarn with Greg as well. And it's moving right along, and it's about 17 minutes to the hour, and Jerry hasn't arrived yet. Doesn't matter. We will talk to her about it later on, but that's the nature of the beast. We will have a short break listening to this track, and we'll be back with you. Yeah, that's uh, Wilson Phillips on uh, OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry. And our guest in the studio is Keith from AA. And you go to AA in various places, even when you're on holidays too, don't you, Keith? Yes, I, I always take a meeting book with me and I before I go on a holiday, I make sure there's a meeting around somewhere, just in case. You can't be too, you can't be too careful with this, you know. I understand. I've got to read it, but you two were having a bit of a yarn, so you didn't really listen to the lyrics of what that was about. But hold on, and it says, why do you lock yourself up in these chains of, you know, whatever, the alcohol and drug abuse? No one can change your life except for you. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on, uh, don't ever let anyone step all over you. It's got some great lyrics in it, and... Uh, they really are. They did sing it, and it was because their parents, uh, yeah, they, they started to get they were messy, and they started mm. to get themselves organised. And I mean, they're still going, mm. and you're still going because without it, where would you be? Six foot under, yeah. dead. And so you are you are a member of AA, though, aren't you? Because I know blokes, and I've done my brief previously, and and I went to court and I told them what my story was, and I got my license back. But I know blokes who just have said they've gone to AA for the sake of it and they go to AA just to be able to say in court that they've been to AA and I'm, I want more licence back, Your Honour. Yeah, we get a few like that um, that use the AA name as a, uh, a, a credible uh, group in court cause, um, and a lot of judges um, recommend that uh, you do like driver education after you do a .05 and uh, and go maybe go to AA. Um, I I had I had to do two AA meetings a week when I first got into AA. That was part of my conditions for the police, and um, and various other things. And um, you know, for me, if people want to use an organisation, well, that that's their choice. I mean, I haven't got I haven't got the authority to criticise that. No. Um, but if they have come to a meeting, the seed's been sown. Mm. So in time, they might realise, oh, geez, I have got a problem, and they'll come back. And a lot of them have come back over time. Mm. A lot haven't. They committed suicide, and I've seen a lot of people commit suicide and go through depression, you know, and I've never suffered from depression, even drinking uh, and sober. And what was he explained to me? It was explained at the meeting at Geelong one time. There's three different things you either begin sad, depressed, or depression. Mm. And I have been sad and I have been depressed, but I've never had depression, thank God. But mm. I've, I've known a lot of people who have had depression and it's a dark illness. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
very, uh, thank God it's getting recognised now uh, and there is help out there for people who suffer depression. You know? mm. Sometimes things happen in someone's life and they find yeah. it very hard to talk about or to get over it, you know, as I don't mean get over it, but um, work their way through it. So they actually drink alcohol to suppress their feelings and then they don't feel anything except drunk. But going, I can see going to AA would be a good thing. Mm. Yeah. To be able to feel, to be able to get sober and to feel again and to deal with the problem, the problem that maybe... As Edwin has said, you know, you, you can uh, subsidise your uh, feelings and emotions or whatever you, you want to talk uh, with alcohol. But mm. it's really hard to stay drunk 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I've tried it. Mm. It doesn't work. You end up in the hospital a very sick person. Yes. So you've got to wake up sometime and it doesn't matter how much you drink, the feelings are still there. That's right. And, and wherever that, you go, you take them with you. That's it. Oh, well, it's not just the feelings you take with you. What are the, what's that saying about you, you You run away, but when you look in the mirror in the morning, you're the, your face is still there with you're you? still there. That's it. That's it. Mm. And the, some of the scariest times I ever had was when I was on the drink and uh, I'd look in the mirror and I'd say, what have I done? Who have I hit? The car mightn't be there. Where's the car, you know? Because I... Have you run over someone? Have I run over someone? And the fear... I, Fear, no. the fear would be like getting to paranoia stage, and mm. you know, I had the I had the fear on the booze of coming in. I used to hate the house dark. I mm. had to have every light on, and I had the fear. And it could be minus two degrees, and I'd be sweating mm. like anything, because of fear. Mm. And I'd be waiting for someone to come out of the wardrobe with a knife to kill me. You know, the paranoia, paranoia, paranoia. insanity, and paranoia, right. yeah. whatever you want to call it. You had it. <laughs> the, what are the, no, I think they used to call it the heebie-jeebies. 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 Have you heard that before, Ed? Mm, I have. Yeah. Mm. Well, we got between us, we're, in it, we're all in our 60s, aren't we? Yes. We're all in our 60s. Yeah, heading so to 70. To, oh, you're right. We all got sayings we could... What was that? You couldn't give a continental and all the rest of them that can come up with. Here <laughs> to tell the tale. We, well, we are. We're here to tell the tale. But the tale of it is is that there are people that are still out there in denial that we... But we can't force them to come along. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. But people who want to come along, how do they just go about it? Do they just rock along and say day? Yeah, well, there are various groups of alcoholics and omnis around. Um... And all you do is just come to a meeting and, um, you know, you're no different than us, you know. You might have a problem with alcohol or whatever, you know. Or, you know, there's there's no judgment there mm. of you coming in. Feel free to come in, have a chat, um, and then we just treat you like any normal human being. Yeah, it's not like an interview or anything. No, no, no. It's just um, we have an hour and a half meeting. We have cups mm. of coffee. If you want to talk, you can at the meeting. If you don't want to, it's your choice, mm. you know. Uh, we have a cup of coffee and we have a bit of a talk after the meeting and before the meeting. That's great. And, uh, yeah, just go from there. Now, you rolled up and you had, well, 
you had the heebie-jeebies when you rolled <laughs> up to your first one, more or less. What happens if you um, if you came along and you were you'd had a few beers? Is it? Yeah, look, that that's no worries. Yeah, look, a lot of members have come in drunk. I've been to meetings drunk too. Uh, when I was having my breaks for that 14 months mm. and I'd come in you know, smelling like a rose and um, uh, drinking, drunk, whatever, you know, uh, mm. just as long as the person gets there. Yeah, that's that's, that's the most important thing. The, as long know, as they don't drive there. their car drunk there. Yeah. No, don't drive drunk. Get a taxi yeah. or, you know... Um, get someone to pick you up. Someone to pick you up. Mm. How did, what about signs on people who are... You know, you got away with drinking as a young and there are still people who get away with drinking and they're older and they've got all these tricks and I know some of them that I've heard about people they use a lot of aftershaves and women put a lot of um, perfumes and that on and other telltale signs, you know, when you ask someone, you know, are you okay or how are you and if you suspect they're having a drink? Well, it, it you know, you can use all the aftershave and gum and gum as you want, but if you're all staggering down the street, you're, you're probably drunk. Yeah. You know, you can't hide being drunk. You can might maybe hide the smell of it, but you can't hide it, you know, the slurring of the words and and the, the staggering and the eyes. The eyes tell it very good, you know, um, especially when you've had a few beers and uh, whether you've got other problems, you know, the, the eyes and your hand motions. They, they describe a lot of things. Mm. So not, you don't have to keep your eye on your mates or anything like that, but if you think someone's got a bit of a problem, you get them to have a bit of a look. Look, AA, uh, you can just look up Alcoholics Anonymous, but the Colac meeting Thursday, 7.30? Yeah, 7.30. That's in Andrews Hall, Hesse Street or Hesse Street? Hesse Street. Hesse Street, yeah. And everybody's welcome Yep. Uh, to come mm. and have a look, even if um, you mightn't have a problem. Uh, and your their partner's got a problem or their son's got a problem, you're most welcome to come along and have a talk to us any time. Oh, okay. that's lovely. Because it, uh, there's Al-Anon and... Al-Anon, Al-Ateen, Al-Ateen and Alcoholics Anonymous. They're all associated, aren't they? Uh, with individual groups, we're, but we've got the same program. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, you can also get... I've got here, I looked it up. If You can, you can contact Alcoholics Anonymous. They've got a national 24-hour helpline and their number's 1300 222 That'll let you know where the nearest one is. I know you've got, there's a, there are meetings in Camperdown and there are meetings in other places around. Yeah, the the closest one from the Camberdown one closed down. Is it closed? Yeah, it's closed now. Uh, you've got Geelong. Uh, I think they've got about 14 meetings or 15 meetings a week or something like that. And then you've got Warnable. Uh, you've got Ballarat. Uh, mm. You know, they're, they're all, you know, they're not that far apart. They're only an hour or so anyway, you know. And yeah, they're only a phone, you're only a phone call away too, aren't you? That's it. And people are there to listen, not to dictate. They're there to listen and give you good advice. And as you said, the... Uh, not for its no, Yeah, it's all looking after yourself that one day at a time, which we started off the the uh, day with, with Joe Walsh. And um, it is, it's one day at a time. Mm. Which means today is just about gone. I'm going to put on a track that I think you'll like because it's about what I, w- I wish for you and I wish for everyone else out there as well. It's a Bernard Fanning track. 
and I wish you well, which is what the name of the track is. I've let you out, but we can't back announce on it because we'll be back onto autopilot. Next week, though, we'll have a studio full Ed, so we're going to have to try and find more chairs and more room and make sure we don't what? get out of it. We've got Bow and Water are coming in to have a bit of a chat, and it seems a bit weird on Community Connect. But the reason for that is our duties in terms of how we look after each other and the environment, how they look after the water. I also think it's about looking after our country. If we don't look Which after is, our country, we can't be well people. So here you go. This is what, look what we're going to have. We're going to have David McInnes coming in. He's Environmental Management Coordinator. We're going to have Kate Sullivan, the General Manager for Strategy Systems and Environment. How's this? And Shu Brown is going to be in for Aboriginal Partnerships and ad- Advisor. And it's all about the way they're looking at our environment, and also the regional or the reconciliation action plan because we're starting to work towards reconciliation week at the end of the month. Keith, you've done a marvellous job and it's been fabulous meeting you today. And as you said earlier on, uh, next time you come in, you're going to bring your hard rock or your heavy metal with you. <laughs> so you're already, you're already planning. You, don't, you, you, you plan a bit. You don't look towards the future that much. That's you're living the one day at a time. That was what I was trying to get out to a moment ago, but I, I couldn't get mm-hmm. to it. Is it, yeah, you don't project what's going to be five years down the track. You're just doing your best for the day. That's it. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank, thank you, you very much. It's Ted. been fabulous having you here. Look, you've been on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry. I've already told you the Bernard Fanning track that we're going to go out with, and you have been on 98.3 FM and 88.7 FM up down at the coast, and it has just gone 12 o'clock. We were a little bit late coming in, and we're going to be just that little bit late going out. We will talk to you again next week. Cheers. <laughs>